Welcome to Open to Truth. I'm Clinton. Hi, I'm Tony. And today, I would like to ask you a series of questions. Great. About risk. Sure. Okay. The notion of risk. Yeah, yeah. Why? What's what? Why is this on your mind? Uh, a few experiences have happened to me. Okay. Mostly uh, media related. Okay. I've watched some film. You and saw some risky shows. things happen. I did. Uh, All right. So some of you might have seen uh, this documentary that's been out on Netflix called Free Solo. Free Solo, right. And Alex Honnold, is it? Alex Honnold. Uh, I think this was filmed in 2018. He was 32 at the time. He's 34 now. So, yeah, around 30. It's tough to watch. I watched it on a plane and was on the edge of my seat the whole time, white knuckling. It'll, it'll make you sweat watching this thing. You yeah. want to explain what it is? Sure. So... He is a professional rock climber, and he wanted to free solo El Capitan, mm. which is a, a sheer rock face Is it the Yosemite. biggest in the world? Is that why that was the... It was his life achievement to do this thing. Is it? Oh, good question. This is the biggest I don't it can know get. what the deal is with that, what stats mm. or accolades that particular rock face Either way, rock it had holds. never been done, though. No, he right? was the first. He did complete it. Yeah. And free solo means... You are scaling it without equipment or the help of another person. Right. It's just you You're, and the rock. Yeah. You do have um, chalk. Yes. For grip and to soak up sweat. I believe that's right? it. And you can wear whatever clothing. Right. You want good shoes. Yeah. You wear shoes, right? He's not doing crazy toe grips no, without shoes. I don't. I think the shoes. He does toe grips, but with yeah. the shoes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So off the bat. It seems rather insane, right? Oh, and just like, just to be clear, like it's hundreds and hundreds of feet high. Oh, yeah, a fall means certain death. Yes. Yeah, that's what's that's the crucial part yeah. of the story. Right, yeah. Right. So he wants to climb this in the documentary. He wants to climb this cliff without any safety mechanisms. Now he's climbed it hundreds of times before. He's done it with ropes and presumably oh, slept halfway up there. A ton. He yeah. knows the cliff face inside and out. It's actually cool. They draw maps of like they have names for all the different little routes and mm -hmm. this particular part that's Maneuver really hard. That's right. Required. Yeah. This part's really hard. He's got the whole thing charted out in a notebook. Like left thumb here, pivot right hand to grab the thing over there. It's wild. Well, what's interesting is now that I've uh, over the Christmas break, I got a little Rubik's cube. Okay, where is this going? Yeah. And. It's it's exactly like that for a Rubik's cube. What seems so complex oh, is and mysterious is algorithmic, and I I could just do it here, and not even really be looking at it, except for a few times, and I've just memorized the hand motions. Yeah. So I'm not comparing that to what he's doing. I want to like, say he's thinking of like he's focused when he's doing it. Yeah, but in a way, it's like it's a memorized set of moves, muscle memory, and he has the practice, strength, and expertise to perform them. Right. It's not like turning a cube. Face, which but. which for me. Begs the question, like, so he's climbed El Capitan hundreds and hundreds of times successfully. You've done it. Mm -hmm. You, cli you climbed that. Without falling. And yeah. we happen to have some ropes on you so that if you fell or made a mistake, you wouldn't die. And he's like, no, I want to do it again without the ropes. It's a psychological challenge. Why? Yeah. Yeah. So good. This is the question I'm asking or that I'd like to ask is, yeah, what is risk? And then the follow-up and then two follow-ups. When is it irrational for me to take a given risk? Yeah. And maybe like some moral dimensions to it totally. as well. Ought I take risks? Right. Because I found myself almost 
I'm sorry, Alex, if you're watching this, but I, I found myself almost offended as, as I was watching Free Solo. I mean, equal parts maybe amazed and offended. This, di- this guy's clearly doing something incredible, mm-hmm. but gosh, it seems like a foolish use, a fu- foolish stewardship of the life you've been given. And or especially, I mean, the, the clincher in the documentary is his girlfriend begging him not to do this. Like with tears, I'm worried about you. I don't want you to die. And his response is basically, hey, I, my first love was climbing, <laughs> not you. And I'm going to continue climbing. Oh, my goodness. So there's the question of, is he doing something wrong by putting himself in this kind of situation? So or let's try it, to get... Or is it to be admired? Yeah. Well, no, that was part of my feeling too, like... But he, it also seems like he's tapping into something central to the human experience. And, like, this is what he's passionate about. Um, entering a flow state yep. of sorts where challenge meets ability and just kind of doing your thing. And that's where happiness is right. for some of us and or maybe all of us. Yeah, there is something really um, uplifting or gratifying about seeing him overcome what appears to be just an impossibility. Like, when they have those drone shots on him and... It's like, what is he even hanging on to? It looks like you're watching a miracle take place. This yeah. this crazy man is climbing something that has no grips at all. <laughs> His fingers are like <laughs> thick sausages, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he does finger hangs and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So great. So, okay. So what is risk? I mean, that doesn't seem like that complex of a question to me because I feel like it's a word we use all the time. Right. I have some understanding of we what We definitely know is. how to use the word. Yeah. But I think if we tease it out a little bit more. Let's get clear my, on it. Just so we're on the same page, give us some understanding. You want to take a stab? How would you define risk? Yeah. Well, I have a certain amount of uh, value or a good that I have. Okay. I have I have something now that I'm like putting on the line, let's say. Yeah. Could be a status, uh, maybe just finances, um, a talent, my well-being. Utils? Is there, are these utils? Yeah. Sh- um, kind of, yeah. Okay. That's I'm like trying a, to grow as a philosopher. Yeah, okay. a util is like a unit of pleasure. Right. Okay. Um, and so, so I have a certain amount of that. In a given situation, I can like put it on the line. What does it mean to risk it? Well, there's a potential cost. There is a likelihood of some event happening, and then the potential gain. Yeah. So let's just use that. It's pretty okay. simple. Just a three-part little equation. And it involves some unknowns. It does. Yeah, those are unknown variables. Right. So one, a super easy way to think about risk is uh, in the gambling scenario. Yeah. At a casino, you're at the poker table, and you have a poker chip. Mm-hmm. And it's worth, let's say, $10. And I'm playing a game with two-to-one odds. I put that poker chip on the line. Here's some value that I have. I'm putting it out there. Mm-hmm. In this particular game, it's uh, I, I lose the whole thing. So the potential cost is exactly what I put out there. Yeah. And I stand to gain an additional chip just like it. So I can gain 10. So I, the cost, potential cost is 10, potential gain is 10, and the likelihood is whatever it happens to be for that poker game. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I think, ri- that's how I can understand. I'm risking that poker chip by potentially losing it, but potentially gaining. Right. And... Right. It's not always one to one though, like in that sense where I risk everything that I'm putting on the line necessarily. So or it's not sorry, it's not uh, commensurate in value. That is some things that I risk 
um, don't always match up one for one monetarily. Let's say, like in a game of poker. Yes. What? Um, can you tease out for me? Okay, you. There is the severity of the consequence, like the undesired consequence. In this case, losing your hand of poker and losing mm-hmm. your chip. There's that. There's the chance that that will happen, and those two together combine to produce the total risk value. I mean, I'm just thinking. So, Alex climbing this mountain, El Capitan. Mm-hmm. Um, is it? I don't know if it's weird to put numbers on this, but let's say <laughs> sure. he gets a risk score of <laughs> for him it's ten out of a hundred. It's not that risky. I don't know how the scale is going to work, but sure. but for okay. me, you, you run the algorithm, and because he's done it so many times. Although the consequence is great, if he falls, he dies, the chance of him actually falling, very low, because he's an extremely good climber. Yeah. Whereas me, severity of consequence would still be death, and the chance is a lot higher that that is going to happen if I right. try to climb that mountain. So my risk score, 100. Certain chance of death, probably. Yeah, so in, right? the, in this case, well, yeah, you're just noting that um, the, pro- the likelihood part of the mm-hmm. equation is uh, relative in this particular case, based on skill level. Yes. Whereas, um, there, let's say there's a mutual fund out there that is projecting th- this is the growth over this amount of time. Yep. And you and I approach that mutual fund with the same level of risk. Yes. Ho- hopefully they're not like changing <laughs> the actuarial tables in that way based on their customers. But yeah, yeah I mean, different endeavors may have a skill component that raises or lowers the likelihood based on who's participating. Which is, I just think that's worth acknowledging because sometimes um, there's a temptation to see a dangerous feat being performed and to say, boy, that's very risky. Yeah, yeah. Not always true. Mm-hmm. If it's a professional who has done this thing, say say they've done it a million times, can you can you get that risk all the way to zero? Probably not. You can get it pretty darn close if you've perfected this particular maneuver whatever it is so yeah i just want to be careful that both of those things need to be considered before you call something risky like how severe how dangerous is it what's the severe consequence but then also what's the chance of that actually happening that's good so that's important to remember as we go about our lives and perform this computation yeah but also so you noted the relativity that can happen within likelihood yeah but then there's a lot of relativity that happens within the perceived cost and perceived value that i would gain so for me, I think a lot of the discomfort and then judgment of Alex okay. as being foolish comes from I don't share the perceived value, oh, the good. upside. Okay, great. You know? Yeah. I don't – I can imagine standing on top of the world of El Capitan and like, I've done it. Yeah. But that doesn't drive me certainly doesn't motivate you to go train as a climber no it doesn't that good of an outcome for you no but for him it is that was pinnacle of his life probably sorry (laughs) i don't mean to say it's all downhill from there alex (laughs) i'm sure you've gone on to do great things right right so i think that's important to consider too that yeah each individual might have a different perceived value or perceived cost yeah some people and that's and this is where we get into the question about the rationality so what makes taking a certain risk irrational? Um, so there's like the objective level where we might want to say certain behaviors are irrational. Yeah. 
and then just the subjective level. So some people think of the perceived cost as much higher than it really is. Yes. So consider the hypochondriac, let's say, okay. who has probably inordinately placed higher percentages or on um, the chance of getting sick by going out in public. Yes. And so refrain from doing it and just live an isolated life. Yeah. Um, that, that to me is an irrational uh, risk aversion. Right. So. So, yeah, because you're saying that there are... No, tease that out. I'm not following. Why are you saying that's irrational? Uh, well, I think... Or, or we can just say that they've um, miscalculated the likelihood of getting sick. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Okay. And so they have this life behavior of risk aversion. Yes. That is maybe unnecessary, or it's too limiting. They're missing out on a lot of these potential goods that come from being in public. Yeah. Um, yeah. From, uh, yeah, mishandling that algorithm. So, but is that something that's happening for them on a conscious level? I mean we keep referencing this algorithm that somewhere somehow is being calculated anytime we engage in risky behavior. I think we're doing it all the time. Dude. Right. So I just was thinking of this. Uh, the reason I one another reason I want to do this podcast was I was just driving to work. Our workplace is on the 60 mile per hour road and it's pretty busy. Like, yeah, it it's is a main thoroughfare in the community. And they move quick. And we got to make this left turn in there. And there are times when I have cut that left turn pretty close to oncoming Trying traffic. Trying to find a gap in the traffic. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, me too. I, w- I would just be curious on what you think <laughs> about the rationality of that, of cutting it close, let's say. Yeah. I might save myself 25 seconds. Yeah. And I dart in there and a car zooms by. That's <laughs> probably super dangerous. <laughs> but the, like the, uh, the potential cost is death like death, i'll get right, destroyed right. in a car wreck if you miscalculate it or something the happens, potential gain is really low 25 all things seconds. considered 25 extra seconds let's say a minute even think how uh, often you fritter that away and here you're really willing to risk your life just to get those 25 <laughs> seconds back but i think the reason i do it so often just to be fair to myself is that i think of the probability of the turn going wrong as being so super astronomically super low. low. Like it could. My car would have to like suddenly get like, and yeah, like the, the brakes, brakes engaged. Get stuck. That'd be awful, dude. That's scary. It'd be such a sad way to see you go, man. Just Tried to. to pick a gap he couldn't. Well, the other thing is you, as I, when I'm sitting in that same spot and I'm calculating that risk, I'm also calculating what's the risk that this guy approaching me from behind is actually going to slow down and not rear end me. Because there's no turning lane. So you're just like stopped in the middle of a 60 mile an hour road. Uh-huh. And that's happened to people right in that spot where they just get rear-ended and end up with like neck problems and stuff. Uh-huh. So I'm like looking at the car ahead, checking my rear view mirror and working out what's the riskiest thing here. And if there's a gap, I'd rather take it before this guy gets too close. And Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's complex. But are you, when you're making that turn, are you thinking that through on a conscious level? <laughs> what degree of thought is going into that? Or is it it's an impulsive? You just do it. It just, I've been thinking about it a little bit more now that right. we're talking about <laughs> yes, but um, yeah. And I you're mean, irrational doing that? I, I, I mean, there's a lot of times where I'm listening to other podcasts or the radio or music and my, I don't know, my conscious thought of the driving goes away almost entirely. Absolutely. And I'm making 
my brain is all the that algorithm is on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So let the you the audience can kind of determine what you think whether about or that. not his rational. Let's throw some other cases out. Uh, playing the lottery. Yeah. Now here, the potential it's kind of like the inverse of the driving example, where uh, you have a re- in this case you have a really low cost, a dollar. Yeah. And a really high gain. Millions of dollars from the Mega Millions Lotto Ball or whatever it is, yeah. Mega Millions. And a super low chance that you're going to win. Like, incredibly... What are the odds? Do you know? Oh, I mean... I mean, I'm sure they change I don't, I on do the not ticket know. or the... I don't know for sure, but it's one in billions. Yeah, really low. Yeah. Um, and so, I want to say that it's irrational to take the risk of buying a lottery ticket. Now, this is crucial, too. What are your purposes in performing the action? Of buying a lottery ticket? Yeah. If it's for financial gain, then it is irrational. You're it's s- not the best strategy. It's a. It's actually a poor strategy. It's an irrational risk to take. Yes. You're better off investing that one dollar. Not as exciting. Not as yeah. sexy. No. But. <laughs> but okay. But what about the, the social thrill of scratching a scratchy with your buddies? That's fun. That's like, different. So that's we might different- get rich, and there's like, there's sixty seconds of us. Having a fun little fantasy about we might get rich. That's some good. That's a fun right. way to spend a minute. Like you just uh, spent more than a dollar on a Taco Bell. <laughs> you can tell everyone with this? sour cream that you didn't want. Yeah, yeah. And, and I chucked you, it in the bin. You, so you might as well have played the lottery. Yeah, then. I wish I had. I wish <laughs> I bought several lottery tickets instead of that dumb quesadilla. <laughs> right. So, I mean, in that sense, when your purpose for is for entertainment or pleasure, that changes the yeah. equation. Because the uh, potential outcome is different in that case. Yeah. It still includes the Mega Millions. But, but also the social... Of pleasure. Yeah. And there's a super high chance that you're going to get that. Yeah. When you yeah. scratch it off. Almost guaranteed. Know. Yeah. So, but you're saying if your goal is financial gain, you are never justified in buying a Rationally. Ticket. Yeah. Rationally. You have, I do you have behaved say irrationally if you do that. Well, guilty then. Yeah. Actually, I've never bought an actual lotto ticket, only scratchies. You ever bought an actual lotto ticket? Like for the Powerball? The... Yeah, yeah. I you have? have? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they've been given to me as presents sure. and stuff. Sure, sure. Um, well, what about this idea of um, where risk and uh, I guess my moral obligations or duties overlap? Like, uh, it's one thing for me to choose on my own to engage in risky behavior, but. Uh, if I have duties or obligations, moral obligations, say to my family, if I have children, do I, should I avoid certain risky behaviors because of the duties that I have to them? Like my wife, for example, would not like it if I went skydiving or rode a motorcycle. She doesn't and really why, want me so why, that. can you say more? Why she doesn't want me doing that? Yeah. She's afraid that I will die or hurt myself and so when it comes to skydiving i actually don't know the stats on that i'm sure it's very very few people who Mm -hmm. perish from skydiving um so her fear about that might be irrational but like that's kind of wait well let's linger there for a moment what's interesting there i'm trying to figure out the rationality of that the perceived the the perceived value of the outcome is very low 
Right. She stands to gain very little from me jumping out of a plane. Exactly. Yeah. She gets to say, I have a husband who has been skydiving. (laughs) And that's about it. There's no upside for her, only downside. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so it's not in her interest at all? For no. you to, or the potential loss of a husband is not worth being able to say that your husband has done this thing, right? Right. Uh, that's a very self-centered view of yeah. decision-making right. in a way. And what, I guess that's kind of the thrust of your question is how should my calculation of risk be others-minded? Yeah, should that factor into the algorithm at all? Or like um, maybe it's... um. Okay, go with me on this. I'm mm-hmm. inventing it as we go. But you know that risk score I came up with earlier? Yeah. You calculate the algorithm, it produces some risk value. Okay. And then, presumably, we somewhere have a threshold for, well, if the score is above this, I don't engage. And if the score is below this, I do engage. Maybe mm-hmm. it's that our moral obligations to others increase our threshold or lower our threshold. Yeah, increase our threshold. Oh, am I saying that? It backwards? would lower, lower our threshold. Whatever, we get what you know you what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You'd be more risk averse if you have kids that you need to take care of, right? There's more on the line. I think that makes that's total totally sense fair. to me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's how I function. Um, yeah, like I, I'd imagine is it so I I have chosen to save money aside for my kids' future. What a guy. Sorry, I actually haven't done a ton of that. I mean, <laughs> I'm, a, I, I'm a picturing Sorry, myself a in, the, story. in the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suppose that. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to. Yeah. Uh, for college or a future down payment on their house or whatever it is. Yep. Now, what if I had this, um, a friend came to me, let's say you wanted to start a business. Mm-hmm. Hey, I need $10,000. Is it okay for me to take it out of that fund i had for my kids do they have a right to it in some way that's maybe a whole nother wow can of worms question but yeah i want to say no they don't they don't have a right to it i don't think you have a right to gifts yeah but just to know that um be sure to include the well-being of others in your potential cost and potential gain right yeah 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 that's good that's just kind of well, 101 of not being a jerk i guess yeah so, okay, I'm just trying to think through... Maybe that's not all this isn't so rel- revelatory, but... <laughs> right, well, that's what I'm, tr- I'm trying to work out. We can sit here and talk however long about risk, but when it comes to how we actually behave in the world, is this something that we ought to be more conscious about? Like, should I be paying more attention to my risk algorithms and, like... Or, or so... Or, like, coming out of this discussion, so what? Will anything change in the way that I function in the world? Or will I continue to trust my unconscious algorithm processing and my threshold levels wherever they seem to be and just continue to go through life? Or should I be trying to pay attention to where I'm acting irrationally? Is that the goal? No, this this is helpful. So what you're looking for is an axiom of living. Yes. How ought I live? How ought I live? Great question to always ask. And so let's run through a few options. Uh, Never do risky things. Well, impossible, I think. Never do anything risky. Because any behavior will have a potential cost to it, almost. Walking Can you ar- think of one that doesn't? <laughs> um, what is a completely risk-free behavior? No. Is, is that anything? Blinking? Is that? No? It, it, 
I can't think of a totally risk-free behavior. Maybe wiggling my ears. Well, I mean, I and maybe this is persnickety, but in the strictest sense of there's a cost. Like you expended energy that your body might need those later to run away from a tiger. Yes. And if you had not blinked so much then. If I hadn't spent those two calories. Yeah. Your muscle fiber might have been extra energized to escape around the corner. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, yeah, but yeah, right. It's a very low risk behavior. Yeah. Very low. Well but, done, you've succeeded. But there is some <laughs> risk always, yeah. just because of the uncertainty of the future, like okay. the epistemic position that we're in. We yeah. don't know what will happen and and how one cause will lead to another effect and that will lead to another effect. We don't yes. we don't see so all that. So get rid of that axiom. Okay. That's stupid. Never do anything risky. That's bogus. Now, let's try to fix that little loophole mm-hmm. and say, uh, I'll never do anything unnecessarily risky. Okay, so immediately I want to ask, necessary for what right and that towards what end that's going to be different for different people but let's try to slap an objective label on it and say the bottom rung of the maslow's hierarchy of needs my uh food i I need to eat shelter shelter yeah bare survival protect this corpus the carcass yeah yeah uh and perhaps my loved one that's where um my this is a threshold conversation too uh, so that minimal threshold for survivability level of well-being for me and my clan. Yeah. So and uh, so the axiom could be don't do anything that risks that. Okay. But is that what I said? That is don't what you do said. anything unnecessarily risky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When necessary is defined as forced basic survival. Mm-hmm. Okay, if we all lived by that axiom. Do you, don't you, say, but don't you live by it? You don't no. put life and limb in harm's way. Sure I do. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. Of course. Uh, and here's why, I think, because... And this, but you can't point to the driving cases and stuff. Because that's a necessary risk you need to get to your work to provide food on the table. So I'm saying, anything that you do in life to get the basic needs of you and your family met... That's a necessary risk. So I'm saying... Yeah, but I still... I, I run other risks, though. Okay. For, like, for unnecessary pleasure or something, you know? The dumb example, but... Mm-hmm. Well, it's not totally dumb because I've done this, but, like, I remember years ago, it was, like, 3 a.m. and I was driving between states. I was going to surprise Melissa, show up at her college or something. Roads were empty. And I thought, boy, it would just be fun to really gun it. And I just put my foot down and went to like 120 or something, you know, just like <laughs> flew yeah, down yeah. the highway <laughs> and um, totally unnecessary. Very fun. Haven't done it again since, but I do engage in unnecessary risks. And so what I was going to say was if everybody lived by that maxim of or axiom of don't risk. Um, it's maxim. I spoke incorrectly. Maxim. Yeah. Great. I spoke correctly? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Rare. Um, Then I want to say things like technology would never develop and move forward. Like there is this this, um, progression to culture and history um, that have required certain people to take risks. Like exploration Mm. wouldn't happen, I don't think, unless you had depleted an area of resources and had to move out of necessity. But not all of our exploration as humans has been out of necessity. 
and yet great good has come from it. Maybe incalculable good has come from it. Yeah. So no, you're right. I'm not sure that I think we are supposed to be taking risks, stepping into the unknown in different so ways. So that would be are you saying then are am I permitted to live the life that says don't take unnecessary risks? Right. Like are you obligated to take unnecessary risks? Right. Is it is it part of the good life to live a life of unnecessary risks and maybe the, um, uh, forgive me if the word unnecessary is tripping us up yeah if, if there's a better word let me know but um gratuitous risk um over the top well it's more it's more like this man it's more like um for some people what they would consider necessary is the next level up on maslow's hierarchy mm-hmm. it's like there's necessary for survival and then there's necessary for like emotional fulfillment or Mm-hmm. meaning say meaning yeah um and so it might be that for some people uh yeah so well here's what you're trying to say i think some goods are locked behind the door of risk and can only be achieved through risk that is what i'm yeah that seems obvious or, or meaning or significance yeah maybe and it I, is kind of obvious i guess yeah but maybe that's a helpful way of thinking about it and I think that the life, I mean, certainly the life of the, the man who stays indoors and never uh, goes outside for risk of sun cancer or whatever, that's, a, that's an insane and I think... Well, what reminded me of that, the, um, when you said that, was the parable of the talents. Oh, in, sure. In, in the New Testament, yeah. So it's Matthew 25, 14 through 30, and Jesus is telling a parable of... Uh, this master of coin or whatever. <laughs> I don't think he's a master of coin. That's, but... a, that's a title in Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's a, he's a, uh... <laughs> yeah, some yeah, he's... Wel- wealthy master of let's, let's modernize it. It's a wealthy businessman. Yeah. He's going away on a trip. He has these three stewards or a little financial analyst. Mm-hmm. And the, he gives one guy five bags of gold, one guy two bags of gold, and the other guy one bag of gold. Yeah. He and he's like, do I don't even know if he gives him instruction. I'm blank. No, it doesn't say. He, I'm going to leave for a while. Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. That's basically But presumably, it. like, he's put them in charge of money. So do money things with, with it. Yeah. And yeah. so the one bag guy buried it in the ground, and the master comes back. Hey, I, your bag of gold is intact. I've lost nothing. Risk yeah. averse. Yeah. I he, didn't risk it. He I, got throttled. He I got, kept it safe. He got reamed by the master. Yeah, he did. He, he took it away and gave out. it to the one of the other guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The five and the two bag guy both doubled. They both doubled it, which, I mean, well done. That's a good investment. You've doubled your money. Yeah. And however well, how long, long was the trip? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the dude who did not take any risk seems to have been chewed out for it. Now, what I want in the story <laughs> is a fourth guy. Yeah. It's not in there. Okay. I would like Jesus to talk about the guy who was given four bags of gold, but he lost two of them. <laughs> he lost them, yeah. yeah. Or <laughs> so, lost all of them. Would you rather be the guy who lost two when you started with four, or the one bad guy who buried say? it? Yeah. Or even, uh, sorry, let's let's make it more fair. The four bad guy who loses two, and a three bad guy that stayed with three. Right. Who gets chewed out? I re- I still reckon the three man gets, he gets chewed in trouble. out. He didn't take the, a risk. The bloke who took a risk and lost is at least patted on the back for trying. I think. It's something like that. That's what you want to say. But I mean, there's there's multiple readings to that parable. It's, sure, it's not cut and dry. It's, it's pretty. But I think it helps. 
maybe just a roundabout way of asking can uh is there still of course there probably is but meaning and significance in a life where risks were taken and failure occurred oh for sure man yeah i mean i think stepping into the unknown and grappling with uh risk in the pursuit of some good a genuine good and failing at that is mm-hmm. still deeply meaningful like if you have i just let's create some story yeah you you want to feed um homeless people in africa so you want to st- you try to start a non-profit and mm-hmm. four years into it something happens and it kind of crumbles and it turns out to be a bit of a failure I still think that's really meaningful mm. that you tried that and that you took the risk. Um, so I, I want to say meaning isn't found only in overcoming risk and succeeding. Yeah, man. It is found there. That's helpful. But I think it's found in grappling with risk in pursuit of the good. And what's what I find fascinating about the topic is it touches on like a lot of areas of life. Yeah. So, I mean... Well, if we say everything carries with it some yeah. risk, then yeah. yeah. Or like lot. think of the countless like soldiers who have... Uh, perished in war yeah who in a way didn't succeed in some right in some kind of mission like, right pr- presumably part of the goal would be to survive right. the mission and right. um and for whatever reason that didn't happen um it's it's it would be too rough to say like now that's devoid of meaning that was we, meaningless that yeah. sacrifice we celebrate as virtue courageous brave yeah, yeah. sacrificial right so then uh, the third maxim on the table is take some unnecessary risks. But the problem with that, here's, here's so always which the, ones? this is always the problem in philosophy <laughs> yeah. is that uh, you get the more clarity you get, the more right something seems, the more vague it is. Yeah, yeah you know? right. it's very general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take some unnecessary risks. Sure, I get on. I can get on board with that. And the the thirty two thousand dollar question is, what is my limit? Yeah. What are those unnecessary risks that I ought not take? Is the lottery in there? Well, again, purpose driven. What are? Why are you doing it for financial gain? It is not wise. Do you think then um, that it's entirely subjective? whether or not you're justified in pursuing a given risk. Like, let's say you have something, an unnecessary risk that you ought to, you feel like you should pursue. You come to me for counsel and I say, hmm, seems risky. No, you should not. I don't have immediate access to the value that you're placing on Mm -hmm. the expected outcome or the desired outcome. Just like Alex, for him climbing this cliff was like, that's what I got to do. And for you, you couldn't give a rip. Um, So... Is it it's ultimately a, left up to us to figure this out in ourselves? I should pursue this unnecessary risk and nobody can tell me otherwise. Mm, no, not quite. Okay. Uh, it depends how you're using the word subjective. It okay. is That is the type of activity it is. And how I calculate that or run that algorithm depends on value that me, I as a subject gave to it. Now, I, I think part of being rational and practicing the intellectual virtues is receiving counsel from others and that might make me tweak how i valued certain things so i should be you know gathering intel from a lot of different sources perhaps okay yeah fair enough 
Yeah, there might there might be objective reasons to change how I subjectively perceive something. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's fine. I don't know if that's just an annoying philosopher's wordy way of saying it, but... <laughs> no, that's good. Um, so, yeah, I think that's basically how most people live their life, is that third maxim. Take some unnecessary risks. Identify what brings meaning and significance and value to life. And yeah. maybe it might require putting some of those things on the Maslow hierarchy on the line somewhat. Yeah. Or maybe there's these other tiers of the pyramid and maybe we what's can at the top do you remember self-actualization oh sure wow okay for what it's worth yep uh and so different people might feel more comfortable putting different brackets of this period on the uh pyramid on the line yeah some people take out extra mortgages on their house to go after a business idea yeah and like is that rational man uh so hard for me to say yeah certainly a risk um yeah i don't yeah. know if that's helpful but i just uh yeah i wanted to explore the notion of risk i saw someone doing something extremely risky to me yeah it made <laughs> my want, stomach turn wanted to understand it more <laughs> yeah mm. all right well yeah we'd love to know what you think if you have thoughts if you think we're way off base love to know that as well so leave a comment right into the show where can they reach us they can reach us at open to truth podcast at gmail.com beautiful facebook we're on there yep youtube comments and we will respond yeah we'll i would love to interact with you so mm -hmm. if you've got something to say by all means like comment subscribe we'll see you next time see you thanks bye